If there's one thing we learn from the many conversations between Jesus and those he meets during his ministry, it is that it's very dangerous to ask him questions. A good example of such danger looms large in today's exchange. We might call it a battle of wits between the religious leaders and Jesus. And the subject is as volatile then as it is now, the pain of taxes. Matthew sets us up and alerts us as the readers to the underlying plot by the Pharisees and the Herodians to trap Jesus with their question. What they don't realize is that Jesus is just as adept at catching them unawares by asking his own question in return and turning the conversation into what we might call kingdom thinking. The tax in question was an insidious practice imposed on the Jewish citizens by the Romans simply because they could. It was a form of governing that imposed practices and policies without consideration for the people of the land. A situation that seems all too real in contemporary times. If Jesus said that it was lawful to pay this tax, he would appear to be on the side of the emperor and would be suggesting that that was the first loyalty over above loyalty to God, whom the, Jesus, the Jewish people believed was the sovereign of all life. If he said it was unlawful, then he ran the risk of upsetting the civic authorities and perhaps causing some repercussions that would be very dangerous for both himself and the people. What is interesting is that the Pharisees and the Herodians were both groups of Jewish citizens, but with different loyalties. The Pharisees were religious zealots, but the Herodians had made a kind of pact with the Romans and were often thought to be very close to traitors. It all seems complicated to us. So when Jesus asks for the coin that is used to pay the tax, they give him one and therein lies the issue. The coin has an image of Caesar on it, which was against Jewish religious sensitivities. An image of a person, any person, let alone a Roman emperor, was an affront and in violation of their law. But the Herodians and the Pharisees had to say out loud their answer, and both groups were caught in the trap that they had thought would catch Jesus. Jesus' response is a twofold teaching. 
There are some things he is saying that belong to the secular, to the civic realm. But there are other things that belong to God. And all those things take precedence in their loyalty and in their hearts. The political climate in our own time is not immune from a similar clash of tensions and values and thinking and loyalties. And these certainly come to the surface when there is an election impending. Political pronouncements, policies that oppress groups of people without regard for basic human rights, language and gestures that demean and insult minorities and people with special needs have found their way into the current political discourse. This may not be new, but it has become more common, it seems to me, and more divisive, and frequently originates with those from whom we have the right to expect greater understanding and integrity. Our Christian sensitivities and principles that are shaped by the gospel values are most often at odds with this rhetoric and disdain. It's true, certain areas of common need rightfully belong in the civic arena. National security, legal protections, etc. Civility and integrity are surely values that we all should be able to expect and depend upon in every area and for every person. The gospel message stands and rightfully overrides the self-righteous pronouncements and promises that are self-serving and dishonest. The loyalties that we owe to secular institutions and conventions are good, but are always weighed against what belongs to our faith and our convictions as followers of Jesus Christ. It may not always be easy, be easy to distinguish the difference, but we need to trust what we know to be right in our heart and to rely on gospel wisdom and Christ-like thinking when we make choices. Not only those that derive from our convictions, but those also and always that serve the dignity and the well-being of others. This is the first and only measure of what is right, what is good, and what is true.